You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. diamond. Experience! Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. Thank you so much for making this podcast part of your day. And this week is a very special episode because it is episode 100. That's right, we have hit 100 episodes of this show, and it's crazy to think that it's already happened. It seems like yesterday that I was sitting in this very same room in Blue Wahoo Stadium with the Unicorn Wranglers recording the first episode. And I wanted to start off uh, by thanking all of the guests who have appeared on this show. Uh, Whether you talk with me for 10 to 15 minutes or you talk to me for an hour, thank you all so very much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to just talk with me about your career, your life, a certain topic, whatever the case may be. Thank you all very much for doing that, and thank you very much to the listeners for supporting the show. Those of you who have listened since day one, this might even be your very first episode, even if it is. Thank you for listening, downloading, following me on social media. You guys are the reason why I do this, so thank you to everyone who has supported this show. I'm really excited to release this week's interview Uh, for you guys. It's one of my favorites that I've done. It was one of the most fun that I've ever done, and it's with a traveling act called the First Circus, and they've been to Blue Wahoo games uh, every single season. They always come for three days as opposed to one, so it's a little different situation than what you normally get from a traveling act, but since they're here for three days, they really immerse themselves in the community, and you're going to hear about that in the interview. They make personal appearances at news stations, hospitals, car dealerships. They really do a fantastic job of not just entertaining the crowd here at the baseball games, but also kind of immersing themselves in the culture of Pensacola. And I've had people even ask, you know, during the offseason, hey, when is First Circus coming back? I love those guys. So getting to pick their brain about their community appearances, what they do here in town, but not just here, but they travel all over the country and finding out how they came up with their acts, um, their characters, really how they met, uh, some of their personal favorites. And of course, I had to ask them about funny road stories because as much as those guys travel, I knew that they would have some funny stories to tell and they did not disappoint. So I really hope you guys enjoy this interview. I had a lot of fun doing it. It was one of my personal favorites that I've done. And thank you to Rob, Jeff, and Jonathan for taking the time to do that. We did this interview uh, on a Sunday afternoon, just a couple of hours before the baseball game. So I know we were all kind of crunched for time, but we had a great conversation. It was fun getting to know them, and I hope you guys enjoy it. But first, I want to tell you about my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, the local rock band, the Unicorn Wranglers. They've been a big part of this podcast since the beginning. Not only were they the very first guest on this show, but they also supply the music that you hear at the beginning and the end of each episode. And the song you heard at the beginning was Twin Peaks from their album Murder Mystery Night. You can find that, 95 Flannel, and various other albums and songs by them on iTunes and Spotify. If you want to follow them on social media, they're on Facebook. They're also on Twitter and Instagram, at U Wranglers. 
And of course, be sure to check out their website, theunicornwranglers.com. And without further ado, here is my interview with the Fur Circus. Sitting here at Blue Wahoo Stadium with my three very special guests from the Traveling Act First Circus, I have Rob, Jeff, and Jonathan. Guys, how's it going? Hello, hello. It's going. Thanks for having us on the show today, man. Yeah, absolutely. So how have you guys uh, enjoyed this weekend uh, at Blue Wahoo Stadium? I know you guys have been here uh, for all five seasons now, so like, ha- how has it been seeing the progression from you know year one up to now? Like, what are some of the different things that you've noticed? Well, it begins with the fans. The fans here in Pensacola are great, um, and then our show has matured over the years. So we just bring out the best of what we got and and show you guys, and it's it's amazing. The small things you add here at the park add also a lot to our show. Perfect. Yeah, as I, I've been here for for four years, and I mean, I I enjoy it every single time you guys come out here. Like, what? So, how did First Circus actually begin? Like, did you guys do any traveling acts before you became First Circus, or what did you guys do before you became First Circus? One of the coolest things about what we do that not a lot of people understand is that uh, collaboratively, there's a group of six of us, and we have over 50 years of experience as professional mascots. And that scours the gamut from the lowest levels of minor league all the way up to like Major League Baseball and stuff, NFL, NHL, NBA. So we're all out of Atlanta. We're based out of Atlanta, and um, we would do appearances together and things like that. And we all came together one day and said, you know, we really could put something together that um, a lot of teams would like, and and uh, we think we could take entertainment in professional sports to the next level. So we got our heads together and through a two-year creative process came up with the concept First Circus. So when you have a lot of mascot nerds in a room, you start discussing like what fabric goes where and what color goes where and what are the names and you know how should they act and all that kind of stuff. So it was really six people coming together with a business idea, but really a creative outlet for us to do whatever we wanted to do and not have the squelching of like anybody saying, no, we couldn't do that or something like that. So it was just really a creative, it started out as a creative outlet, which turned into a big business. When you say a two-year plan, did it take you guys two years to go from the idea to what it is now? Yeah, so the initial idea started off on on a bar napkin, really. And um, from there, it developed into, like, stick figures. This is what our bear should look like, but really much, like, really cooler than this, though, and uh, better than this and that. And so uh, some people that we met through the years, um, we pulled in their help and um, got some initial designs done and, you know, told the illustrator to tweak this and tweak that. So... It started over uh, sweaty, uh, sweaty gear in a locker room. It turned into drinks at a bar, which turned into concept on paper. And uh, fast forward, here we are today. Now, what did you guys do before you became First Circus? I started out in sports. Um, I was big in um, college. I met a guy that played hockey, and he got me into hockey and sports. Did some sports marketing, and then ended up working for the professional teams in Atlanta, doing uh, game entertainment. Sports marketing. I worked really close with the uh, mascots and and ended up in a costume. Uh, For myself, uh, I was in high school actually and was in a a class of marketing club or whatever. And 
Um, so I was able to go leave school and go do an internship. So I started with a minor league hockey team, and uh, I was doing intern things in the office, and they threw the mascot costume at me and said, go have fun with it, which is not something I recommend organizations to do. But uh, it was the start of what I now know as my career in professional sports, which is surely making my wife and mom proud. But uh, that's how I started, and it progressed through there. So I started off in uh, college. There was a minor league hockey team looking for somebody to be the uh, the mascot character, and then turns out over over the course of the summer that they were looking for somebody. They uh, emailed me back and said, "Hey, we've you know the people that were doing it last year are coming back," and they said, "But we need somebody to be an assistant." And I said, "Sure, I'll come back and do that." And then uh, over the next year in college, I ended up doing an internship with them, and then kind of took over the position there. Little did I know at that time that's when I would meet Rob who was one of the three guys that had returned at that point in time. So that was how he and I actually met, too, was when I got started. This is our 10-year anniversary. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so being – because you guys have done mascot work for a while, what actually goes into prepping for a show? I mean, you obviously got the costumes – but as far as like planning the skits, what all goes into doing that? Sure, man. You know, it's a real te- it's 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 an easy process and it's a really tedious process. So it's a kind of a both end. It's really easy to come up with an idea and say, "Hey, we should splash the first base coach with water," which is usually one of our guys that we plant. But like, how do we do that? What's the storyline behind that? Is there music? Is there camera shots we've got to worry about? Like how do we make that splash really funny for the fan perspective? Because it's one thing for us to just think of our characters going to do that, but it's got to actually translate to the show. So first is building the the skits in the show, which is a three-month creative process for baseball and about the same for hockey. And then um, about halfway through baseball season, we'll work on hockey. So we throw the idea down on paper in a kind of a systematic way, and then we develop all the scripting for it and the media needs for it. And then it's rehearsals and then trial by fire after that. Jeff? And it's a lot of joking around. And, and what we laugh at, we know the fans will laugh at. Um, we're always, Sometimes. Well, <laughs> most of the time. We're always cutting up and having a good time. And if we're having a good time, we know the fans, the spectators will be having a good time too. Yeah. Well, I know from our fans' perspective, we have people ask, when is Fur Circus coming to town? So it's because you guys are here for three days. Most traveling acts are here for only one. But you guys get to do different things over a three-day span, which I think is really cool. Yeah, so part of our concept is that we get out into the community, and that's why we're usually here for so long is because it starts out with us visiting a hospital or a news station or, like yesterday, we went to a car dealership. Mm -hmm. And that whole idea is getting out the brand, the team brand out in the community, and then hopefully by us doing what we do, it brings more people to the ballpark. So we come and we get out early and uh, and do things in the community, and then over time, word of mouth. So. Yeah, and it, it also uh, creates a community. So we're not just here and, and do two acts and leave. We're here to build that relationship in the community. And that's where we've built that here in Pensacola. And Pensacola Blue Wahoos have done that very well within the community themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, with uh, when we started doing this, that was one of the things we wanted to do to help set it apart you know, from kind of the other uh, touring acts that were around was to go out and be in the community and do things. And I think... You know, we, we go to the different hospitals and things like that, and those are always the memorable ones because you're, you're going to see people and brighten their days and do things like that. But uh, as Jeff said, 
being in Pensacola, uh, they've done us done a great job, you know, with getting us out. Even if it is get here at four a.m. <laughs> yeah, and, thanks, uh, Donna. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> leave Atlanta at nine o'clock at night. Get here at four a.m. to do a morning TV for two and a half hours. Yeah, you know, but we're still here doing it, having a good time, and everything. So, and that's the main part. We have to have fun. Oh, exactly. I mean, with, with the stuff you guys do, you have to have fun. Yeah. So that is something that I want to ask. Uh, out of all the skits you guys do, do you guys have a particular favorite that you guys just <laughs> love doing? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> wow. Go ahead, Johnny. I, w- I would have to say we. I felt like we hit it last year uh, with our uh, batting practice skit where we've got the two characters are going back and forth at each other, and eventually what ends up happening, the coach ends up out there, and the character gets out of the way and gets drilled with water, and then the coach just takes off after him. And so we took that and put a little twist on it this year, which we did uh, uh, two nights ago, where the coach is chasing him across the field, mm-hmm. you know, next half inning later, and then gets the crowd, you know, with the bucket. And so that that's probably one of the favorites uh, for there. I got a good idea. I know what Rob's going to say. Oh. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll see, My, what, see what he's got. I don't here. know. So many things make me. Uh, if fans could be really close to me, they probably would hear me laugh in costume because a lot of things that we do sometimes I just laugh in costume. And one of those things is actually a hockey skit that we do uh, in between innings where that's what I thought. Uh, we, <laughs> it's really everything that I laugh at is at Jonathan or other people's expense. It's not funny when it happens to me. There, I said it on record for you guys. You did. You did. <laughs> Um, but it's we we um, we plant one of our guys. We plant Jonathan as the ice tech or a groundskeeper, and we go out and have a, dan- a dance contest. And he ends up dancing and getting involved in the thing, and ends up like taking off his shirt. And again, water. There's a common theme here is he gets hit with water. But like the funny thing, like where does funny things happen at? Like we'll start dropping names of people that we meet on the road when we ask the contestants what their names are or or things like that. And just Jonathan gets into that role in a d- really unique way. And it just it makes me giggle every time I, 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 we do that well, skit. I was going to say, one of the funnier moments I can think of right off, you know, you talk about them being close to us was here, I guess, a year or two ago. Uh, I guess it was night two. We went streaking for the intro from <laughs> right field tunnel all the way to home plate, which, by the way, when it says 335 feet, it's probably a little longer because that's a long run. But I went out first. Buddy was behind me, and then uh, James was in miles. And all of a sudden, I see miles run by me. Here goes Buddy laughing <laughs> as he goes by me halfway down the line. And it's things like that where you're laughing in character and you can hear the other person laughing yeah there's where it's funny there's a lot of things that happen too like in the game where it's like you cannot plan things to happen with whatever happens on a dugout or things like that so we've had all kinds of crazy things happen but i'm sure jeff you've probably got some too yeah we we typically have a punchline in the skit and some of the punchlines um one of us will surprise the others um we'll we'll jump in and uh, the the punchline is supposed to be a twist or a turn, and it'll end up someone throwing a pie or, or dropping pants. It's that unexpected punchline that those those are typically those favorite moments or our favorite skits. And usually, what happens? We're broadcasting live on Facebook, and uh, we got a question that came in. And we got a question. Um, oh, perfect! So a lot of times we're out in the crowd, and then we end up in a skit, and um, and we're probably gassed at that point because in the costume, it's like getting into your car on a hot summer day with no air conditioner. That that intense heat. So you have to like drink a lot of water, and you know, and, and be mindful of what you're eating and things like that. But um, 
normally what happens is after a skit, we come running into the locker room and, and, and get everything off and, and, and put a fan on our bodies and kind of cool down and drink some water and then hopefully get a you know second wind and go back out there and do it all over again. So. But there are no fans in the costume either. Yeah, no. Fans are for wimps. <laughs> <laughs> well, even things as simple as like the, the pie skit with the kiss cam you guys did last <laughs> yeah. night. That was perfect. <laughs> and like our, you know, our camera ops did a great job yeah. of actually setting everything up. It was filmed perfectly. And simple things like that even are, are great. Yeah, you know, it's just sometimes like the whole kiss concept of keep it simple, stupid, you know, yeah. not paint your face and go play guitars because we couldn't do that. But, um, <laughs> Sometimes it's a simple skit as that or stealing the vendor's popcorn or, you know, potato chips last night or um, it, it, the simple things. If we do those really well, they get a really big reaction. When we get really complicated with our scripting and things like that, it leaves a lot of opportunity for things to kind of break down and not work. So, yeah. Well, and even as you said earlier, like the, the spontaneity of things like with the fans reactions or even something that, you know, you may not expect to happen ends up making the skit even better than you would have planned. Yeah. Um, I, go ahead, Jeff. Uh, several years ago, we were here for the Southern League meetings. Here in Pensacola. Uh, here in Pensacola at the ballpark. And we were just out entertaining the fans. There was no game. There was a meeting going on. Um, they just wanted to open the park up to the community. And we did a lot of that spontaneous stuff. And it was a moment where Splash, our elephant, brought out a young girl um, to dance with her. And she stole the spotlight from Splash. And those are those moments that we can capture on video or capture on film that we put in that promo video that uh, that mean a lot to us. So that it is that spontaneity, spontaneity um, that uh, that brings things to the show that w you can't plan for. It's, yeah, it's and really when those enjoyable. things happen, I love when those things happen because at that point, as a performer, you know to like step aside and let that that happen because it's all about the the total picture entertainment. So that's fun when someone looks like Santa Claus and we, we, you know get that person involved in the in the crowd or something like and that. And it's quick, Jeff. Go get us a marker and a list, and let's put our uh, Santa Claus list, you know, our naughty list together, and let's. A lot of things happen like that just with the people. And if people are having a good time, then we're having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. As far as traveling goes, like, do you guys <laughs> do strictly like around the southern region or do you guys go all over the country? You know, we're really big in China. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, I mean, if someone calls and wants us wherever it is, we go. So. Colorado, um, you know, we, we travel a lot of places, not just for the show, but also because we're a business, so we have to market the business too. So right. Baseball winter meetings and in the hockey world too, there's, you know, marketing meetings in college. And so, yeah, we go, you know, train planes and automobiles. It's, it's, uh, it, it can be laborious trying to get all that stuff taken care of, but it's part of it. It's more planes and automobiles at the moment. <laughs> well, we it's really more plane. It's more automobiles than anything. It is more automobiles. <laughs> I think Jeff has a record of about how long we've been on the road yeah. together in a van. I, I'm a numbers guy, and so I crunch uh, the attendance and uh, how many, who's done what shows and all those things, and I've calculated that we've been together in a minivan uh, on the road for about a month, maybe a month and a week now. Wow. Um, combined. I'm so, not proud of that. Yeah, we, um, <laughs> lots of roll down the window moments, and uh, but lots of fun on the road also. I'm proud of those. <laughs> Speaking of fun on the road, this has been what I've wanted to ask you guys like, since we set this up. Favorite road stories? Oh, man. <laughs> if your kids are listening, you yes. might want to cover their ears. Yes, this is the uh, PG-13 moment. Oh, man. I'm going to start. So, All right, we'll let you um, start. I've got two. Um, I'm going to go back to the uh, the community relations appearances that we get to do. Um, a lot of times we end up at children's hospitals. And so here we are, like, 
hired to come in and have a lot of fun, right? But then we were brought into a very serious situation when you're going to a children's hospital and these kids are dealing with all kinds of illnesses and stuff like that. The neatest thing is seeing, like, the, if you could call it, like, the magic of what we do in that hospital room when those kids have been going through so much stuff and you give them a clown nose or, like, a little uh, autograph card or a T-shirt or something like that. To me, that's awesome. Like, so there's been times where, like, I have two little kids now. And so that's clicked that, like, those people are in a bad situation. But now it clicks even more as a parent. So to see that is just so cool to be able to be put in that position. That's just something we love to do, you know. My road story, there's a, honestly, we could sit here and write, probably write a book about them. Um, and I've been the victim of a lot of them, too, because I'm a button pusher and I realize that. But um, <laughs> definitely a button pusher. <laughs> we had this idea that a 12 passenger van was what we needed to uh, travel. And we were doing uh, like a, a two game swing up to Michigan and over to Ohio. And um, oh, I was man. driving, and the van was packed to the back and this is like the white van with the tinted windows and the only thing we're missing is like the curtains you know and i'm driving along and you know cop cars are on the sides of the road and i'm just the first time i'm driving this 12 passenger van so i'm messing with the actually cruise. actually no well, you, you you drove in the middle of the night <laughs> okay. and when we woke up we were in the middle of fields in illinois <laughs> no, somewhere let's not talk on the about way that. to michigan this is my story not yours you're gonna get your turn man okay. i just want to set the fact straight make sure you get it right well anyway i looked out <laughs> my rear view mirror i looked down at my speedometer and realized i was going 90 and then i looked over the rear view mirror and i realized there was a cop car behind me so i pulled the car over and uh, the guy had me out of the got me out of the car and told me that he was um, following us for several miles and I just didn't look out the back window but I couldn't because I had three mascot heads staring back at me from the rearview mirror so uh, I eventually uh, was asked for license and registration but it's a rental car so it's kind of difficult to find and my like wallet fell through the floorboard and blah 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 blah. Well, anyway, I ended up like in the back of the cop car, quote unquote, for safety reasons. And as I'm getting in the back of the cop car, which my uncle was a cop for 20 years, so this is a little embarrassing, but um, I like hit my head like on the the roof of the thing getting in. And anyway, I'm sitting there and he's like, hey, man, you know how I pulled you over? And I said, no, because you guys were all pulling people over on the side of the road. So I thought I was okay. He goes, well, we have an airplane and that's how we got pulled over. So (laughs) I'm the first one in our group to get pulled over by an airplane. Um, I'm the first one in our group to get put in the back of a cop car. And so I got my ticket, which wasn't that big of a deal. He helped me out with that. And I thought in the back of the cop car, man, if I just tell him what we're doing, he's going to laugh at that and let us go. So here I am telling the whole gamut. and He's not having a bit of it because he's also training somebody. So I'm the guinea pig. I get back in the car, and in the freaking radio, these guys have the iPads on bad boys from the cops that you saw. <laughs> and so I'm the first one to get in the car and have that happen. And we've had some issues with the law as far as speed goes. Not too bad, knock on wood, because um, we do really do try to play it safe. But we've had an issue in Virginia for our buddy Jeff here. But uh, anyway, I got to do the same thing back to him, which was kind of vilifying. But yeah, so that's which was my, still awesome. I was on both of those trips. <laughs> those are my those are my stories. Other than the people that we get to meet doing this is just so cool. We get to meet and develop relationships with a lot of people. That's cool. Go ahead. Uh, let's see. If I was gonna do uh, one one appearance, and then let's do uh, one just kind of something funny on the road. The one appearance. I would have to say for me that was most memorable would be when we went to Las Vegas. It was actually we were there for the ECHL uh, meetings, <laughs> and I wonder what story you're going to tell here. <laughs> well, th- this is the uh, this is the appearance oh, story. Okay. All right, um, <laughs> we got to go out to it was. I, what's the what's the best way to? It's called to, Opportunity. Well, Knox. it's called op- Opportunity Village. Village yeah. yeah, it's called Opportunity Village. 
and it's actually Las Vegas's biggest charity. Um, and we had the opportunity to go out there, and they had a couple different campuses across Las Vegas. And they work with people with special needs, and they divide them up into three different kind of categories. You've got the ones that are kind of chair bedridden. You've got the ones that can work and do tasks but can't work, you know, out in public. And then they have the ones that they train and work with that go out and work jobs out in the public. And it was neat to go in there and to see because uh, one of them, one of them that was sitting there was working was opening all the the dice sitting there and made, putting them all in order, making sure they all weighed the same, and doing all that. They right. do the uh, the packets for the coffee creamers and all that that you would in see the at, at the hotels. And uh, one of the other neat things is they they do two things there where they do ties, where they tie dye them and do different things, and then scarves as well. And you can buy them, and the money goes toward the person that made it. And that was where Elvis got his scarves. Really? Was, was from them. Wow. And so it was really neat to go there and see that and, you know, what people are doing for others and to really help out. And that was really a lot of fun. Um, I'm not sure which story of fun antic on the road Jeff's going to tell. So I don't. Okay, so you're going to go with that oh, one. Man. All right. See, I told so, you that I'm the brunt of a lot of them. Great. So, so I'm going to go to a different one because Jeff had brought this one up last night. We. Ironically, the, the story that he just told uh, with uh, the the Grand Rapids and Youngstown trip, Jeff here was a fan wearing a <laughs> hockey jersey with the name Mendelssohn on the back. So it kind of stuck with Jeff. We'd call him Mendelssohn right. when we were on the road. Well, we were in, uh, ironically, y'all playing Jackson. Ten- the mm-hmm. generals, yeah. we were in Jackson, and sometimes we have downtimes in cities when we're there a couple days. Right. And so we want to get out and do something. You don't want to just sit around. So... We looked up and we found this one, like, I don't know, not it's not an amusement park, but it's an arcade, go-karts, pup-pup, bolt, fun center. Okay. It was like... Twi- Nothing fun about this place. <laughs> it was like $20, and you got, uh, let's see, one go-kart ride, a round of golf, tokens in the arcade, and bowling. So we started calling this thing the Mendelssohn Cup. And whoever had the lowest score had to be punished and had to go sing karaoke at the bar, and the other ones got to pick the song, but they didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was the very first Mendelssohn Cup, and we're playing and going all this, and then it comes down, and Rob ends up losing. Once again, he's kind of the butt of the joke, but that was his own doing on that when well, he lost. He was also a bad bowler. so Well, yeah, it came down to bowling, and, and that's there where... There was no beverages involved in this at all. So I was on top, tip-top shape. Yeah, not during bowling, at least. Um, but ends up he ends up in karaoke, and there's, I don't know what, about a, a dozen a people there seedy, taking it very uh, smoky karaoke bar. Very with some serious. Very interesting characters there. And he ends up getting up there singing Man, I Feel Like a Woman by <laughs> Shania Twain. <laughs> I had no clue what was happening. <laughs> and he can't deny it. We got video proof still <laughs> that it happened. Well, you have to. Uh, yes, yes. You, you got to keep that. But that was probably one of the the more memorable moments because we end up, wherever we were in a city, we found something and there's a Mendelssohn Cup challenge you know, that goes on somewhere. Yeah, uh, a couple of good road stories. I will start with the community appearances. Uh, I believe it was here in Pensacola. Um, w- again, we go into the community and we spend some time with the the sick children and their families. Um, we ended up um, the the four of us into a room, and there was a kid there that was going through some musical therapy. And oh they, yeah, uh, this is a good one. The guy had the guitar, and the little boy had a, like a ukulele or or some maracas. And, uh, percussion stuff. Percussion stuff. And they were just having some musical therapy, having a good time. And we busted in and interrupted. Um, not knowing what we were getting into, we all started grabbing instruments out of the out of the cart there. 
And so we grabbed a, you know, a trumpet and a guitar and the maracas, and we had a good time, and we had a little jam session with this kid. Oh, that's that awesome. That was uh, going through some sort of you know, ailment, but for that moment, um, we became rock stars for this guy. Um, and his mom just lit up like a Christmas tree and the smile. And then, you know, the, the poor uh, music therapist didn't know what was going on. <laughs> but it busted into a, a little jam session and we felt like rock stars. That's so, fantastic. Um, so and, and, cool. and that just it brings it back to that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the uh, fun road stories. Uh, we oh, were in I Evansville <laughs> and uh, <laughs> very, very nice hockey arena. Uh, Evansville Iceman. And you um, had to ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> at no, the Ford not me. Center. Uh, the Ford Center there in Evansville. Um, we get there. We spend a lot of our time on the road and the car. So uh, there was opportunity um, to hang out. Um, and But the, the bathrooms were really big, really nice. Locker room was really good. And there was a huge shower area. Um, so um, Rob likes to stir up trouble, and we have to, to get him back. So while after the show, we're all sweating. We got our... Um, we're putting our things down. We're catching our breath. We go to take a, a, a shower, and the, the water's running. And uh, Rob jumps into the large shower. Johnny jumps into the big shower. And uh, well, really, it's just a wall like with a like room with five yeah, shower yeah. heads on one side, uh, and four on the other. Room. <laughs> it, it was it was it's a your regular sports locker a large room. room. And uh, so big large room. We're having fun. They're in the shower. James <laughs> comes in and hands me. We shoot off confetti cannons. Three, <laughs> not just little ones that you buy at parties. We no, buy no. these from China, and they come in on a big boat, and they're like three feet tall. So, so this, this is, is like <laughs> this is not your grandma's confetti cannon. Okay? Is the boat three feet tall? Well, the, the boat's a little bit bigger, but. <laughs> So uh, as they're showering, they have their backs turned. I walk in quietly. I sneak in, and I twist this thing. Uh, the big boom goes off. Confetti flies loud. everywhere into this large shower. And um, <laughs> these guys had no idea it was coming, and we get the very big scream from Rob. <laughs> I'm still finding confetti to this day. He, he, uh, that. he thought he had been shot. <laughs> He basically, <laughs> in in terror, the probably the most uh, terrific thing that's happened to him. I was very um, vulnerable. He, he, yes, <laughs> very uh, vulnerable. Naked. Actually, he was he was bending over to wash his ankles <laughs> at the time. Leave that detail. <laughs> out, okay. And confetti flies everywhere. Sticks to the wall. Sticks to the guy. Sticks to places we don't need to talk about here. But there the is podcast. a shadow of his body yeah, on the wall <laughs> where the confetti stuck to him and not on the wall. Straight <laughs> straight out of Mr. Bean. Just <laughs> confetti everywhere. Oh, that's um, Awesome. Jonathan kind of realizes what happens. Finally, Rob looks up and realizes what has happened. James and I are just <laughs> rolling in the floor, crying with uh, you know tears coming out of our eyes. We were just laughing for a good 20, 30 oh, minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We still <laughs> laugh just as hard about it. And, oh, and man. that's become a tradition. Um, we try to get each other somehow yeah. with the confetti cannons, either uh, while we're uh, sitting down to think about things in the porcelain office. Or uh, you know, in a post-game shower, we we typically have some sort of confetti cannon incident. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and just because it's locked doesn't the mean they're getting they're not getting in either. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, Jeff can talk about the retribution for that one. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, uh, we got Jeff back pretty good. In fact, yes. I think the tile in that arena is still tri- tie-dyed because of the confetti. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yeah, there's there's so many uh, you know there's so many stories and things like that, but. Ultimately, we're a bunch of guys that get in the van and, and, and go out and have a lot of fun and, and hopefully put some smiles on people's faces and things like that. So that's the most important thing. Everything else is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you guys spend so much time on the road, you got to keep it light. You got to keep oh, it yeah. fun. We do. Yeah, and we know, like, we it's to the point now where we know and we're kind of like going into the deep end as far as not keeping it light and we pull each other back, which is really helpful. So, 
Absolutely. And uh, last question, uh, do you guys have any upcoming shows, and uh, would you like to plug those along with your site and uh, social media type stuff? Yeah, so we're on all of the uh, internets. Uh, <laughs> we're on Twitter and Facebook and um, Instagram, First Circus, The First Circus. Our website is furcircus.com, um, and we post a lot of fun stuff from our appearances and things like that. Thank you very much, buddy. I love you, too. Um, Travel buddy. But um, our upcoming shows, let's see. Next, uh, we, we start – two weeks ago, we were in a hockey rink. Now we're in baseball. And so we go to uh, Rome and Chattanooga and then to Quad Cities, Iowa, um, back to Florida to Jacksonville, uh, up to Massachusetts. We're going to be pretty much all over Harrisburg. The Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We've we got a lot of shows, a full schedule of shows this summer. So be people back, can – Be back out in Vegas. Yeah, Las Vegas. Um, so people can find us on our website and find out shows that we're going to be at. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook, at First Circus. Um, we, we like to interact. Have a good time. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys very much for doing the show, and thank you for doing the 100th episode. Yeah, Yay. man. Congratulations. Yeah. 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 A lot of anniversaries here. Yeah, five-year five anniversary. anniversary of the Wahoos, 100th yeah. show. I'm a little disappointed. We started when the Wahoos opened up here uh, five years ago. We were here the first, first or second weekend. And um, I'm a little upset that our, our logo isn't in the T-shirt this year. I'll have to talk to Bruce about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring it up in the next meeting. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, thank thanks. You. Have a good one. My thanks again to The First Circus for taking the time to do that fantastic interview. Be sure to follow them on social media and check out their website, firstcircus.com. Next week, I'll be talking with two good friends of mine, fellow podcasters and now filmmakers. I will be talking with Jason Robbins and Wally Phelps from the Pop Culture Palette podcast and also the co-writers of the film Monsters Anonymous that recently filmed in Mississippi. And you'll be hearing the story about how that movie came into being on next week's show. But until then, you can check out past episodes of the show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can also follow me on Facebook and on Twitter at DDE underscore podcast. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Derek underscore diamond. And that's all I've got. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.